Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. my god we're back so thanks for being patient while we have our break that's my bad yeah (laughs) it's a long summer break it was a lengthy sojourn (laughs) thanks to annabelle who sorry has been just bent over in her garden for the last eight weeks I even thought that I was going to be, okay, summer break, we'll just take like four weeks off. Yeah, because to me, summer break is like maybe two or three weeks, you know, just a little va- vacation. No, I went from like summer <laughs> to autumn equinox. <laughs> you meant an entire season was going to pass. Yeah, no, I meant like the whole summer is going to be a break. Right, well, it was, so here we are. <laughs> I just, I just needed to be feral, and I was. I was feral yeah. all summer. I didn't wear shoes. I didn't wear knickers. I just barely wore clothes. I didn't yeah. wash my hair. It was amazing. Have you put a bra on it on for us? Today? Um, I am wearing one today, That's and good. I'm wearing like a like a lacy bra rather than just like my granny bra, which is what I prefer. To I wear. put a lacy bra on as well. I feel yeah. like it's a special occasion. Sometimes it just helps. It does help. It makes you feel cheeky inside. <laughs> wow. So I'm so happy to see you. I'm happy to see you. What? How was your summer break? My. <laughs> my. You didn't really have. You just had a break from us. You didn't have a break from anything. Anything else? else. Literally yeah. nothing else. Um, my break from you was. You know there were ups and downs. I I went You were really you were really struggling. I really I really yeah, do you remember I was t- I sent you a few I tearful know. messages which it took you a few days to get back to, but um <laughs> what you fucking sent me the most savage message that was so sad and I listened to it and I didn't listen to it for 10 days. And I then know. I listened to it and I said to Alec I was like Oh my god, Lucy's just sent me the most like heartfelt, <laughs> fucking tragic, sad message, and I haven't listened to it for ten days. But then, in a way, I was like, maybe that was good. <laughs> yeah. It, anyway, carry on. It helped me work on my codependency issues. Yeah, because <laughs> you were re- like, you were really struggling, and then it was just like I was just quiet. I know. It was perfect. Uh, yeah. It wasn't, no. I'm sorry. That was that was horrible. And actually did teach me a good lesson. Well, it taught me a good lesson, too. <laughs> no, no, it's not Never good. open not up good. to the people you love, because they'll just oh, hurt you. Up. No, um, yeah, it was it was really good for me, too. Honestly, I'm, I'm all jokes aside, I'm glad we did that. It, uh, it... That perspective after we'd been going for two years mm-hmm. was really nice. 
and it was just a nice pause focused on other yeah. things thought about uh, I've been doing a, a lot of self work you know all that kind of mm. stuff really making a lot of break mm. breakthroughs and some good ways and 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 now we're back and I feel fresh and I feel excited to to share everything that we've unfolded yeah. into the last couple months yeah I feel like it's been I feel like I've lived like three lifetimes in the last two months yeah me too we will hear um, about it all I want to hear all about the move and the new beautiful abode and the travels you've been having and yes the fascinating stuff you were telling me about your garden, which I know everybody's going to enjoy hearing about. <laughs> I moved. I moved to a little Victorian gardener's cottage on a big estate. I basically am just living the life that I've always wanted to live. Yeah. And it feels really nice. It feels really, really good. And it's not complicated. It's not like I was like, I want a mansion and a Lamborghini and a pool and I want... It's like, no, I just want to live in a shabby little cottage in the woods, <laughs> away from everything, yeah. in nature, and and start again. And so that's, that is what I've been doing. I've been starting again, and it's been rough at times. Yeah. Starting, starting from scratch is really interesting. It's feels amazing and you're like yeah blank canvas woohoo and then there are days where I'm like I don't know who I am um (laughs) yeah it was that way when I left the situation that we're going to be talking about today yeah it's terrifying and there's days where you're you're devastated because you're going I have no idea how to do this but you've been taking it slow and you are You are in a place that makes you really happy. Yeah. Yeah. Learning to uh, be alone and stand on my own two feet, like in a really meaningful way and just kind of, you know, I can't live at Sarah's forever. Right. And... I need to start my own life now after the crash, after being with my family in Santa Barbara. What's the life I want to live? And then that's nice. It's a dream. It's exciting. And then you're in it and you're like, fucking Mm -hmm. hell. And then, so what I've really been focusing on is learning to, I really want to get to a place where I can be joyfully and peacefully alone standing on my own two feet knowing that I do not need anyone and I know that sounds weird but we all need people we all need friends we all need love we all need touch we all need those things but to know that you can self-soothe that you can provide for yourself that you can get through a hard day that you can um spend prolonged periods of time alone which I haven't done yet I still haven't spent a night alone since everything um that's where I want to work to just being like good and content alone (laughs) you know my family here are lovely there I love them to pieces they are not very supportive and not in a mean way just in a 
they don't know how it's kind of outside of their toolkit um and i think that's what's like kicked this into into place is that mm. i was viewing it as like a homecoming which it is um but it is also a, a new beginning right. and i have to make new friends i have to make new systems and routines and where's the new shop that i want to go to and where's the new dance studio and it's like a total new structure and i have to do that alone right <laughs> and you know obviously i'm with alec alec is here and so i'm not like physically alone but i can't rely on one person for everything i'm i'm a strong believer that you can't one person cannot be everything to you no they can't and i think that it's a lot to ask of a partner to like have sex with you yeah be your partner have dinner listen to you when you're like having a freak out and then also be your number one like spiritual companion your number one this companion your number one grief therapist your number one you know one person cannot be everything no if it's anything i've learned in two years of marriage it's that so that's kind kind of been my vibe really I understand what you're saying that you want to ultimately get to that place where you're standing alone you've described and and I've seen you go through this where you have had to depend on others for so much of the Mm. process since the crash and we've talked about that a lot where you've had to depend on at one point you had to depend on others to feed you and make you go to bed and get your clothes on Mm-hmm. Which was really hard for you. I mean, that's not... Comf- so it's so crazy. <laughs> I know. It's crazy to even think of now. Um, but yeah, that was the case, yeah. These extreme ranges of total mm-hmm. dependence on others to now being able to stand on your own two feet and feeling ready to do that again. Mm. So yeah. it's really a full circle. And I'm not saying make yourself an island. No. Make yourself an island. It's just be just- okay with no outside anything just be okay within yeah and no one can be all the time no and that's the thing is like knowing when to go like oh i need help right now or things aren't so hot or whatever it is and that's part part of of the whole process basically it's like can i self-soothe in this moment is it, should I go and stay with some friends? Am I, do I need to, you know, get out a bit more? I don't know. All of that stuff. And it will be an ongoing process. I'm at the very tippity top of it. So yeah. we'll see. <laughs> Good. Um, but you've been through such a lot since we, since we were last recording. And well, when we were recording the article about your acting group that you were in, that was the narcissistic abuse high control group had come out but it was very intense time for you and you weren't exactly ready to go there yet I think it seemed like you were so inundated with it being out in the open and this tension release and you were having night terrors and you were really processing so much that talking about it felt like almost impossible Mm mm-hmm yeah, um, and I actually came to England, and I was with you when it came yeah. out. <laughs> yeah. And 
I thought that that would be, it was the right thing to do. It was, it was wonderful. You and I had such a good time together and we were Mm -hmm. together for the Queen's Jubilee, which I'm so Mm -hmm. grateful for that right before her passing, that was amazing. Mm -hmm. But it wasn't the trip I expected it to be. I thought that it would just be peaceful and I could forget about everything and just let that tidal wave go past me. But I got hit by that tidal wave (laughs) instead. Mm So, yeah, you were in the trenches. I was. I was having. Trenches. I was having these PTSD dreams every night, which have not stopped. It's really frustrating, but I'm doing work on it, and I'm in counseling and getting some really good help for it all. Uh, right. But that's been really intense and and very. You don't know what to expect until it happens. And uh, yeah, to say it to say it plainly. Ladies and gents, the thing that I was alluding to for since the beginning of the podcast really was that for 10 years I was in an acting class which was led by what I've come to know after tons of research and and connecting with other people who have been through the same thing was led by a narcissistic abuser uh, the class was a high control group, and it's a very documented thing. It's a very real thing, and happens to many people in different forms. High control group, and it was within the cult of Scientology. So it was triple tiered for me, the abuse that I was experiencing. And I was there for 10 years. And I left in 2020, and recently, Uh, The Hollywood Reporter reached out to me and told me that there was an article being done and they asked if I would speak on the record about my experience and what I witnessed happen to other people. And this is abuse that's gone on for 30 years. I thought about it a lot and I decided that I wanted to speak on the record and that was important to me because she's still teaching. Mm. And abusing. The abuse spans financial, physical, sexual in a strange way, emotional, psychological, mental, all of that. It checks every box. And The Hollywood Reporter printed about 2% of how bad it really is. So today, we're going to talk about the other 98% that they didn't put in that magazine. Mm. Well, or, how, or however much you have the energy that maybe it might be. You're <laughs> yeah. convinced this is going to be one episode, whereas I feel like this is not going to just be yeah. one episode. But why do you think of the 150 victims that they could find? That's just the people that they could find to speak to. Why do you think people are scared to talk? Are they scared of her? Are they scared of appearing weak are they scared of their reputation are they I think a lot of us can relate to abuse in whatever form it's taken in our own lives Mm -hmm. so I think people know the answer to that if they think about it I think coming forward to speak about something that's happened to you like that is really scary on a lot of levels I think you're afraid Mm -hmm. of people are afraid of the abuser still Mm -hmm. um People are afraid of what their 
friends and family will think. People are afraid of what society will say to them. People Mm -hmm. in my business are afraid that they'll never work again as actors, which she threatens that when you leave her, that you'll never work again. She's so irrelevant, though. She's so, like... I know, I, I mean, know. now you're out of it, you can see it, that she's... Oh, God. She's, she's, so, she's Jurassic. It's, I, it's, I know, it's a joke. I was reading the article again last night to prepare reading you some bits today, and I was dying laughing because I was like, this is insane. When I was in England, I was going through the tidal wave of the article coming out and I didn't have any perspective on it and it was really intense to me and and brought up a lot because I in doing the article it it was not easy to do this I had to go back into thinking about a lot of things that I was trying to forget and that's the confusing thing about abuse is that part of you wants to help others and talk about Mm -hmm. it and and use what you've been through as an example to help other people and to teach in that way. And the other part of you wants to forget everything and move on with your life. So what I've found is that it becomes both at the same time because now that I've had some perspective on it, I can talk about it in an educational way instead Mm. of feeling so upset by things that were excruciating to go through. So it's the perfect time for us to share this with everybody. And this is an important conversation to continue. I'm, I'm really proud to do any kind of advocacy work that I can on this topic. Mm-hmm. And I have experienced it firsthand. I damn well know what I'm talking about now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. Uh, many people are still in these kinds of situations. And... Mm-hmm not quite sure if they're maybe crazy or if they're weird or they're they feel so isolated but you are not alone you're not crazy this shit is real go research it and go connect with other people who've been through it too because Mm. you gotta get away yeah get out yeah and thank you annabelle for giving me the space to to talk about it yeah of course i mean this is what what friend friendship is about, you know, weathering storms together, isn't it? I mean, yeah. it's not just about that, but you know, you've you've weathered a few of mine, and I've weathered a few of yours, and this is a big one. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. This is a big one. This has been the last twelve years of my life because I've been out two yeah. years now, and mm-hmm. so in many ways, I am at the beginning again, just as you are. Yes. So it's no accident that you and I came together when we did in life to Mm. go on this journey together. So I'm going to start with my statement that I put out on on social media about this shenanigan. I said, when I was first made aware of this article happening, I felt many emotions. I was under Gloria Gifford's abuse within her high control group posing as an acting class associated with the cult of Scientology for 10 years. I'm proud that I escaped in 2020 and have since reclaimed my life and self, never to silently endure abuse myself or stand by abuse of anyone around me ever again. 
So it was emotional to learn that the Hollywood Reporter, which is the top publication in our industry, feels the same. They have made it their business and their cover story to expose this issue of physical, financial, and mental abuse by this acting coach, Gloria Gifford, which has gone unchecked for 30 years with hundreds of people. I decided to tell the truth on the record for one simple reason, to stop this abuser and others like her under the guise of teaching from being able to harm any more people. <clears throat> the magazine has printed only 2% of the severity of this situation and our experiences, but hey, that's the media for you. The truth will continue to come out and it is supported by many witnesses and hard evidence. I'm really glad that Gloria answered in the ways that she did, proudly admitting to the abuse, trying to discredit, smear, and degrade us, never apologizing once, using every excuse imaginable, including race, age, and illness. I've heard from so many people already that the truth is made crystal clear because of her answers. I'm so proud of all of us who have told the truth on the record. I'm so proud of my testimony. I'm proud of my past, my experience, my recovery and healing, and my future. I have compassion for the many people in this situation who were too afraid to speak on the record, of which I learned there are many. And my heart goes out to my loved friends still in her class who are either too afraid to leave or are too far gone to see clearly. Surviving this abuser taught me the true meaning of freedom and self-governance. It changed me forever. I will never forsake my own truth again. I will always use my voice, for if I can help one person avoid what I experienced here, I'm grateful. This type of abuse costs people their lives. So that's what I had to say about it. Did you get any response from her personally or any response from people in the group on that? I did. I, I have been through a lot of harassment from people close to her. I've been told I'm all kinds of things. I've been mm -hmm. called all kinds of things, which is common for survivors when they come forward. Yeah. yeah. yeah I have heard from people still in the class who want to leave, but are too afraid. I've heard from many people that she is handling this like any narcissistic abuser does, which is to paint it her way and convince herself convince herself yeah. that she's not dead in the water, which she is. Um, mm -hmm. I've heard from many, many people in the industry, congratulations for speaking out. I'm so proud of you. I mean, casting directors, producers. I've formed some new relationships in the acting world that came from speaking out. And... That's been incredible to see. There's a clear message to anyone who might be in the group who doesn't want to leave uh, or who feels fear around it is that it's actually just not the end of the road and, and she can't stop you from working again. If I had if I had a penny for every time somebody said to me, oh, you're never going to work in this town again or whatever, it's like... <laughs> I know. I've achieved I've achieved more since I left her class than in the whole time I was there. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> um yeah. not only in my career, but in my life. Yes. And I mean 
that's the scariest thing about leaving is that you have been brainwashed and told for so long that you will have nothing without that person, that your life will be over. And you believe it because you're mm. so weakened by that point. By the point that I left, I was not on speaking terms with my family. I had no money. Mm. I, I was physically weak. I was mm. in so much confusion from the abuse that I didn't know which way was up or down. But I knew one mm. thing, and that was anything is better than this. Yep even death. And I speak yeah. about that in the article. And it was terrifying to leave. I, I, I risked everything to leave. And everything was waiting for me on the other side of that. My life bounced back, it flourished, it blossomed, and I'm back in the light. So I'm really grateful to myself like Snoop Dogg says, yeah. I'd like to thank me. I'd like to thank myself. <laughs> I am. Because no one could have gotten me out of that situation but me. Just yes. like you're saying. You've had to go through this alone. I had to walk through that fire alone. And I had tried to leave several times in the past. But if she can get you face to face, just like, I'm not going to talk too much about Scientology, but it's within that. If they can get you face to face... They can get you. They can get you back in. So yeah. my escape was quarantine when the theater mm. shut and she literally couldn't get me face to face. I saw my yeah. escape route and I took it. Mm-hmm. So that's so interesting because when you and I met, you had just come out of it, but I obviously didn't know that. And it was, a, it was quite a long time before I knew any of this stuff. Right. I just think it's kind of funny because, like, you know how I'm obsessed with cults. I know. <laughs> I know. I just think it's funny because <laughs> I think I, like, probably, like, knew. Do you know what I mean? Like, why, like all of a sudden I was like, why am I, like, obsessed with this weird girl? <laughs> you just, you know when, when you, like, know a bitch is going through something? Yeah. Like, you're like, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> She's it, like. I've been I've been that one as well. I remember when I met my friend Haley. She was like, "Okay, you want to go get dinner?" <laughs> She's like, "Tell me things." Go. Yeah. Yeah, let's yeah. let's talk. Um, but yeah. it's interesting because also when you met Will, you had come out of it and right. it took you a really long time to be able to share with him what you'd been through. Which is so fascinating because it's so scary to me to think of getting into a relationship with somebody in that way, like getting engaged and getting married and having this secret, which is not really a secret. It's more no, just it is. a woo. It's a secret. I, I mean, it was I a know, secret just, for a long time in my life. I know. It just, it sounds so horrid when you say like you kept a secret from Will. That's not what I'm saying. It's like, it's like a wound that was so bad that you couldn't even bear to share it with like the person that you're committing to spend the rest of your life with and the reason why I say that is because I think it speaks to how uh terrifying it is to leave and to speak out if you're if you'll even keep it from your family, your husband, your friends, your loved ones. It's this is how powerful these people are. 
This is how well practiced Gloria is and many people like her at doing what they do. And that's why they have to have you face to face. And that's why they alienate you from everyone in your life because they can only control you if they turn you against everyone Everyone else else. and isolate you. That's right. And it's a classic, classic abuser move. That's right. Everyone around you, it's it's the enemy. It's us and them. Yeah. Yeah, it's us and them. Completely. And they'll do that to you. Um, Oh, yeah. And that goes from people like, people like boyfriends I've had in the past who are kind of like mildly abusive I don't want to undermine but there are definitely layers of this and there are levels of it and you know I've been in coercive control situations but not to the degree that you have and even the people at the bottom of the ladder the mild the mild abusers right use the same tactics yeah it's just they haven't collected so many and they haven't done it in this mass way and we all know if we've learned anything from the last few years is like when the masses are convinced of something and when the masses are on the same page, our reality shifts. That's right. That must have also been really interesting in COVID for you because obviously here you are having your reality shifted again and you're being told what you can and can't do and at the same time you're trying to break out of that pattern and it's that Mm -hmm. is a tough time. Yeah. To try and deprogram yourself from what your what the government is now putting you through, and your world the world is putting you through at the same time. That must have been very challenging. It was interesting because everything was mirroring, yes, self outwardly and in, in society, and then inwardly with my situation personally. What you what you're saying is really important and spot on. The isolation is the key to the abuse that's the only way that they can do it that's why she's a one a one teacher policy you're not allowed to study with any other teacher while you're there i'll just speak for myself but this is true for countless other people on that went on the record and that did not go on the record and that are still there um you are poisoned against your mother mostly it, it tends to be the mother that the problem lies with but family in general and also from each other. So in class, in that high control group, you are not allowed to speak with each other about anything. And if you do, if you know something, say you told me, I went out with a guy last night and it was really fun and I stayed up till 5 a.m. And we had a great time and I can't wait to see him again. And then you came into class and you weren't listening to the direction that was being given to you and you did a bad scene, right? I know why you did a bad scene, quote unquote. So it's my responsibility to go to Gloria and tell her what I know about what you did last night. And if I don't, if I don't, I've committed a crime and I have to make amends for that crime. And I'm against her and I'm against the class and I'm against you ultimately because I'm not quote unquote helping you as your friend by letting Gloria know what I know. So it's all built on crimes, committing crimes and shame. Crimes and shame. And that's Scientology. So 
Well, it's a, that's a dictatorship. That's how every successful dictatorship works. If you see something, say something. That if you see you something, know, like, say something. That's right. And so that became isolating within the class because I had friends in the class, but they weren't really friends because we weren't really talking. And that created a space where a lot of people could do a lot of shit and mm. it never be talked about because the women weren't talking to each other. And so... When quarantine happened and our classes went to Zoom, that started to shift because people started texting during class and talking to each other. And when she would be hammering in on somebody, what, what's called handling them for a crime they had committed or whatever, people were texting each other going, holy shit, what the fuck? Uh, is this normal? Are you seeing what I'm seeing? And all of a sudden, the conversation opened up during class when before our phones were away, they were in a basket, nobody was speaking. And then after class or rehearsals, whatever, everybody would be too afraid to tell each other the way they were feeling because they didn't want to get tattled on, in trouble, handled. And so it turned you against each other. Your only lifeline was Gloria. I, I noticed that you, in the notes, used the word handled. Yeah. It, that's something that I feel like I've heard in Scientology as well when it people is. get handled. Yeah. Okay. So that's so she used because she's a Scientologist, and so she's obviously used a lot of what she's learned. It's called tech. Yeah. Okay. What does that mean? Like technique or technology? Or it's the it technology. It's the lingo. It's the it's the vocabulary, the language of that organization is called tech. And she used a lot of tech constantly, um, while at the same time always claiming that she doesn't teach Scientology. Not everyone in the class was a Scientologist, but a handful are, including me. Mm -hmm. I'm not anymore, mm -hmm. but um, I was. And uh, you're getting it whether you realize it or not. And so... Of course, <laughs> yeah. You're not... You may not know that you're a Scientologist, but... Um, you are. But, but you're in it, baby. Um, but to go back to something you said about Will and about how I kept that from him, he was, it was a perfect storm for me of being able to escape and recover and get my life back because, like I said, the theater shut down so she couldn't physically get me. I had already been trying to leave for years and I had done mm. so twice and it hadn't worked out for me. Mm. and then the stalker happened to me. Mm -hmm. So it was all overlapping. So the stalker happened. Yeah. It was a near-death experience for me. It woke me up to going, I have fucking got to get out of here. But I yeah. still wasn't brave enough. It took me all that time from October, and then January is when I met Will. Yeah. And January, February, March is when COVID started, and the lockdown mm. happened, and I left in April. Mm. So the buildup of me gaining my confidence and my, my courage took a lot of fucking time. And Well, there's a statistic that it takes women about two and a half years to leave a relationship. Before yeah. They know wow. that they want to leave, but it takes about two and a half years yeah. to, and, to and, and I have friends still in that class... I mean, I call them friends, but 
we haven't spoken since I left because that's what happens. You're not allowed to speak to people once they leave. They have told me multiple times and they've told, they've had these conversations with many of us that have left that they are planning on leaving and then they shrink back and they fall back in and they just can't do it. It's like trying to get up a big hill and you get some steam and you get halfway up and then you just slide back down. Mm. And it, it hurts to see them still there mm. because I know how they feel about it and they're sacrificing their precious life. Well, you know what they've gone through. You know, you've lived it. Yeah, they're going through that still. I'm gonna bring you back to what you were saying, which we were back on talking about how abusers and Goria specifically isolated the women. She wants to be the, for lack of a better uh, expression, the leading lady in all of your lives. And she, she isolates you as a way of controlling you, not just in your life, but obviously she, te she teaches it to you in the group. That's where she really drills those lessons into you so that it's probably then much easier for it to trickle out into your life once she's got you in the system right. of doing it with the people that you're with every day. That's another thing about abuse is that once you abuse the person and they're in that brainwash cycle you don't have to really do anything anymore because then they yeah, will go out as just, little robots yeah. and do it everywhere yeah so she so there was a a situation that that occurred that was able to occur because of the lack of communication between the women in the group yeah something happened to me personally that supports what I said. In the high control group, there was a rule that you weren't allowed to be romantically involved with anybody in the group, which many people were anyway, <laughs> and still are. I fell in love with somebody in the group. We fell in love with each other. At one point he was asking me to leave the group. And we both wavered back and forth with how we felt mm -hmm. about it. And ultimately I chose to stay in the group, come to find out he was sexually involved with many women in the class. Mm. He's one of the people that is harassing me at this point because he's still in. Uh, oh, wow, he is. Oh, okay. yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, he's like, I know why you're doing this. I know why you spoke out. I'm thinking, what the fuck does that mean? <laughs> Trying to make it about himself, I guess. That doesn't sound like, like a male actor thing to do. No, not at all. But when girls started talking, we started putting pieces together, mm -hmm. which we hadn't for a long time because we weren't speaking because that was the, the environment we were in. So that was the law. That was the law. Basically. And at the time, it was interesting. I was getting clues, like a girl in the dressing room. He had given me an STD at one point. And I saw... He sounds this, like a dream. He sounds, he like, sounds a like just dream. a winner. He's just a winner, you know? He's just a great catch. But he had given me an STD, and I knew the physical symptoms. I'd been through them. Um, I handled it. And then this other girl had those same physical symptoms around that time. And I just said to her... When a bitch knows! <laughs> when you fucking... When you know, you know. I'm sorry. You I just said, know. I did know. I did know. And I gently said to her, because I really love her. She, I, I still care about her. She's still in the group. She was like, oh, I have this weird rash. And she was trying to justify it or whatever. And I, Or maybe she really didn't know. And I said to her gently, I said, um, that is 
da 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 and and you should you need to go get that handled because I know what that is I've had that so it was things like that we've had a whole episode on red flags that hello red flag hello yeah. well, and, and also you were so in the habit of seeing red flags and and ignoring them being like that's right oh, great oh that's actually that's a sign of something I should go towards that's right Not, I, um, I couldn't yeah, have I couldn't have done something with a red flag if you had fucking wrapped it around my body. It just wasn't yeah. going to happen. Everything in an abusive situation is built on ignoring red flags. And mm-hmm. that's why it gets to the point where you're not alive. You're in a living hell and you don't know yeah. who you are. You don't trust yourself. You don't you, you just I can't even explain it. I Disasso- is it dis- yeah, it's a, like, it's a disassociated? Total, it's a complete disassociation like, yeah. of yourself yeah. and your world and everything in it. It got to the point where I couldn't get out of bed. I was in physical pain from the depression. Mm-hmm. I would get up in the morning and I wouldn't even open my eyes yet. And the, the pain would be there. And I would be crying with my eyes closed. This is all made possible by the environment in Gloria's acting group and many high control group situations I mean look at any of like the cults I'm I'm obsessed with it's made possible with, by frightening people and punishing them for a into, into silence. silence and out of um, establishing real and meaningful relationships with the people who are basically your world and your life at that That's point. Right. This is a very lonely, cold, dark, scary place to be in. Yeah, it's terrifying. Yeah, it's there's no words for it. There are no words. It's beyond depression. It's beyond fear. It's, 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 it's a death. place where there it's are... It's death. <laughs> yeah, it is death. So to reel it back from that, because that's not the point here but I mean it's not not the point when I met Will I knew that I couldn't be with him and stay there because he was somebody that was truth Mm. and life and light and doesn't suffer fools and had questions Mm -hmm. and I knew that I couldn't start a truthful relationship in my life until I left there. Here's what happens after you leave an abusive situation. You still, you are still defending the abuser. Of course. Which I did for a year. It took me a solid year of defending Gloria, of thinking that there was something wrong with me, because you're told all those things. If you leave, it's because you couldn't cut it. You're not a real actress. You're never going to book a job. Blah, blah, blah. You failed. You're a loser. All that kind of shit. And I thought that for a year afterwards. And then I remember one day he was on the phone with his stepdad. And he was saying, yeah, the Scientology building is close by. I can't believe I drive by it every day. It really freaks me out. And I was in the kitchen and I was shaking Mm. because I was so angry. Because, you know, I still was defending them. And I said to him, it really upsets me what you said about Scientology. And I just need you to know that I've spent a lot of time there at the Celebrity Center. And, I have, and I've met some really great people there. And he said, okay. He said, I'm so sorry. I, didn't, I, I would never mm-hmm. mean to offend you or hurt you or make you feel sad like that. 
And I said, I'd like you to learn more about it so that you can see how great it is. And he said, okay. He said, yeah, absolutely. I'm happy to, of course. And he said, and in, in return, I'd like you to watch what I've watched and learn what I've learned. And if it's bullshit, you can tell me that it's mm. bullshit, but at least we're on the same page. And I said, okay, fine. So I started to watch. And this is why in Scientology, you're never allowed to watch anything. You're never allowed to, because again, why? If you have a crime and you don't come forward with it, that's mm. bad. And you have to go work on yourself by going to more courses. So nobody wants to come forward and say that they have a question like, um, excuse me, why are you holding people against their will? Why did that woman die in one of your buildings instead of being taken to the hospital like I saw in that documentary? Yeah. Why are you taking this money for, why, why, why? If you have those questions, you're a, you, there's something wrong with you. So you don't want to go there. So you don't watch anything and you don't see it because if you see it, you have to say it. So you keep yourself in the dark, which I had mm. done. And when he said that, I started to open my eyes and it changed everything for me. But that took me a year of being out for that time. I remember happen. being so impressed by how he handled that. Because yeah. I would have freaked. <laughs> if I was married to somebody and they were like, oh, by the way, I'm a Scientologist. I'd be like, what the fuck? I know. Like, it's he crazy. loves you so it's much. Absolutely and he crazy. Obviously. I I ju he just handled it so well. Like, he handled it so like, smart. Um, and he obviously yeah. knows you and knew you at that time, like, well, very well, to know that you would kind of rise to the bait of, like, will you watch this if I watch this? You know? <laughs> yeah. Because he could have yeah. got, like, so yeah. emotional, so crazy, been like, you fucking lied to me. How, you know, like, I feel like a lot of people would have freaked out, but he handled it so well. I, I, I'm always so impressed by that. He's been the perfect partner to help me recover and heal and yeah. get my head back on straight again. He's been the perfect partner. He's so supportive. He's so smart. He's just so unconditional, and that's what I needed. And he questions things. He, he, he is... He questions everything. He's a questioner. So I think that's the type of energy that you needed to be around while also being really yes. loved and supported at the same time. Yeah. So I know this is like all, like this conversation is just like unfolding and going. As we're talking, I don't want to make it about this, mm. but there is sort of, as I sit here and look through th these notes, just so people who are watching know, I'm not just texting on my phone. Um, my notes are on here. Um, <laughs> There is a really strange sort of libidinal kind of undertone to a lot of the abuse, which is very common in, in cult situations. Yeah. Um, very, very common uh, technique that is used by, by uh, abusers, cult leaders, whatever you want to call them. And I'm just going to list a couple of them out that to me feel like very weirdly like libidinal and like erotic but in it's like a very fucked up and dark way so gloria preaches that being gay is a choice and that it's some kind of anger towards your parents that it's some kind of rebellion and kind of fuck you to your parents 
as if right. being gay is some big punishment to somebody else. Right. And one of your one of your classmates there, a male, is gay, right. but he's in the closet. And one of Gloria's other top officers, who is a female, had feelings for this man. And Gloria made her go over to his house and seduce him and have sex with him to try and make him straight or see that he's straight. So that is a weird sort of proxy sexual abuse in my mind. I see that as a sexual abuse of two people, in fact. Wow, yeah. I I didn't see it at that time, but I think there's something to what you're saying because I, I was an eyewitness to that incident really because I was on the phone with this girl the whole way through and and I knew what was happening every every step of the way because she was confiding in me and I remember getting off the phone that night and just feeling so upset for both of them because I knew the reality of the situation and I and I just thought this is some dark shit and <laughs> We all knew who was orchestrating it. And uh, there were many things that had that fucked up undertone. Gloria had five women line up and slap you in the face as hard as they could. Yes. Because she's done that to many, many people. Because you weren't reacting in a way. Weirdly erotic. Do you know what I mean? Like... Yeah, yeah, there was also, there would also be instances where if, if I, I remember once um, she was really angry at me in front of the whole cast of a play and we were about to go on stage and she said that the play wouldn't go on that night unless I got down on my knees yes. and begged for forgiveness. Yes. And me and another girl did that on the curb because um, she was threatening to leave the theater. And you, ha- and she made you crawl and beg. She made me crawl in another instance, yeah, in front of an open class, which I don't know what new student would want to join a class where they see an actor being forced to crawl on the floor and beg for forgiveness, but I don't know how <laughs> anyone in their right mind would uh, be interested in... Well, they're not in their right mind. Right, I guess they're not in their right mind, that's right. But yeah, there were there was crawling, there was slapping there was hitting there was hair pulling there was scratching there was a lot of physical abuse that she in the article proudly admitted to and there were several times in front of the entire cast a lot of it was done privately one-on-one like pinching under your arm or yanking your hair Mm -hmm. smacking you but a few times it was in front of the entire class. And this has happened over the last 30 years. I've, I've spoken to people who witnessed this 20 years ago in her classes. One woman was trying to leave. She was upset. Her and Gloria were fighting. And she was trying to leave the theater. And Gloria grabbed her physically by the arms and would not let go and had her like up against a wall and was blocking her from leaving. And the woman was terrified. And there were 30 actors in the room watching this. And none of her officers were stopping Mm -hmm. it. (laughs) Uh, 
officers, ladies and gentlemen, is also a Scientology yeah. tech term. And in our high control group, she has a handful of students who were deemed officers mm-hmm. who had special responsibilities. I was a captain, which is under an officer. <laughs> it sounds like a fucking. Does it make you laugh something. now sometimes when you. Yeah. It's so funny. It's so funny and stupid. But uh, yeah, so anyway, this woman is being blocked from leaving. And it was a really scary physical. Mm. physically violent attack and I spoke to that woman recently she was too afraid to go on the record and she told me that she lies to her husband about the scars on Mm -hmm. her arms which came from Gloria's nails that night and she lies to her husband about what they are because she doesn't want him to go after Gloria in anger and that's just one of many I mean this has happened I've seen that on more than one occasion I don't know, there's just this weird, like, energy towards the women, the stuff she makes you do to each other, the way she, like, segregates you, the physical stuff, the scratching, the hair pulling, the making women stand up in a dress and you guys all rate their bodies mm. and how they look and all of that right. stuff. It's very kind of, I don't know, just, it's very, like, libidinal. Yeah, something very strange going on there. And and I do have to say the, the way that she treats men and women in her class is completely different. Men are allowed to get away yeah. with murder. And the women, it, it's been an ongoing joke for a long time between everyone there. Like, you see a man and he's not even getting reprimanded. And then uh, you're just like, if I did that, I would have been mm. fucking killed. Mm. Like, but he's just like, oh, isn't he sweet and funny or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it also, it showed itself when several women at one point came forward to speak about the way men were treating them in rehearsals. Mm-hmm. It wasn't okay. It wasn't okay for them. And they weren't comfortable with it. And she didn't do anything. Mm-hmm. And I mean, several women like had the courage to compose an email and come forward and ask her for help and it just it didn't seem to happen they 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 never seemed to get handled Mm. on it and yet women left Mm. right and center were accused of hitting on the men in class constantly you know it's it's interesting it's not just the abuse that you endure it's watching other people get abused as well which is really traumatizing in itself i mean you yeah. don't have to be getting abused, but watching somebody get abused is traumatizing alone. Let alone what she's, you know, doing to all of you. Well, not you anymore, but was doing and is continuing to do to other people. That's the other thing about the environment of a high control group is that you're looking to your right and your left and you're going, am I the only one that thinks this is fucked up? But everybody else seems to be okay with it. So then you think you're the crazy one. And you think you're the one that needs help. And obviously this must be okay because everybody else seems okay with it. And they're all thinking the same thing. Mm-hmm. And I've, I've spoken with several women that came forward to speak on the record. And they said, the reason I spoke on the record was because of my guilt for staying silent when I should have spoken up. And I allowed that person to get punched Mm -hmm. or hit or yelled at like that or all this shit that I saw and I said nothing and I treated it like it was normal 
and I have to live with that guilt every day. And so you fucking bet I'm going to speak mm. on the record if I'm asked. It's by, you've heard the expression bystander apathy. It's, yeah. yeah. So it's like that, but so much more twisty because there's like a, it's not just like a natural phenomena of bystander apathy is like if you see somebody getting beaten to death and a bunch of people just stand around and don't do anything about it very common natural thing to happen it's most people will click into bystander apathy when in a situation like that it's a very small percentage of people who won't naturally anyway then you add into that the abuse and the fear of what would happen to you if you did respond yeah you know, obviously, you don't need anyone to to sit and say to you like, oh, and it's not helpful to say like, don't feel guilty about it. You you're gonna feel how you're gonna feel, but you were a victim in that situation too, and you it would have been like saying, quick, speak Chinese. It just wasn't possible like, for you at that time, and no, I did the best I could. Yes with where I was at and we all did and they're doing the best they can right now with where they're at if they're still in that class in that group um and I have a lot of empathy for that having come out of it you know that people there's not a lot of empathy Mm. there's not a lot of empathy in the press in the news and between people uh I hear all kinds of Horrible mm. things said to any kind of abuse. You hear just awful thing, awful like uh, heartless reactions mm. from people. If you're lacking in that, that humanity and that empathy, that's that's on you, and no one can help you with that. But having come through this, I can't look at those people that are still there and call mm. them idiots or think down yeah. on them because I yeah. know, mm. I know how life and death that yeah. was for me. And I'd never wish that on anybody. And I hope that they have the gift of reclaiming mm. their life because yeah. they're worth it. And if if these conversations can help someone right now who's maybe in the same kind of thing, it could be with a spouse. It could be with a family mm. member. There's narcissistic abusers in all walks of life. It doesn't have to be in a group setting. You and I have talked about this mm. before can be in a relationship you've dealt with it in Mm. partners my dad was terribly abused by his wife physically emotionally financially and there are multiple people in my family who funnily enough mostly majority of them are men who have had abusive partners female partners and the kind of why don't you just leave it's it it could only be said by somebody that hasn't experienced it it's when somebody says that it's really clear to me that they've just got absolutely no concept of of it and have never experienced it their lives have never been touched by it because it's just not that simple but also it's just the lack of empathy i do find really jarring yeah, me too. And I think it's really interesting in culture how we kind of, you know, the bad vegan show that we watched. Did you watch that? Um, yeah, I did watch it. Yeah, I felt really sorry for that woman because she was clearly being coercively controlled. But you know, again and again and again, we see in the media portrayals of of people who are being abused and while they're not being strangled or raped or 
having cigarettes put out on them, they're being abused so badly that they are harming themselves or harming other people. We as a society don't really have a lot of empathy or, or, or time for that, which I don't think will ever change particularly. I think it could ease, but no. I think it's just human nature. I think some people are going to be empathetic towards things and some people aren't. And I, I think yeah. that the key is these conversations and I think that that's why it's so brilliant that you and your... Um, friends and colleagues did speak up and and that you're willing to continue talking about it because really it's the only way to help you can't yeah help in any other way like you said you can't say to somebody oh no like you need to leave <laughs> like no. it's time to leave no that makes them run that makes them run deeper into it that's what my family mm. tried to do and that's why I cut them off for three years I didn't speak to my mother for three years because she tried to yeah help me yeah that now that that part's I very know. painful that's the the most painful part to me is that i allowed that and and made my family the enemy uh but we're making up yeah. for it now because i get that i get that time back mm. with them and that's precious fucking time with your loved mm. ones and that's what abuse robs yes. you of not not just the time you spend with the abuser, but then the aftermath of reclaiming yourself takes time. It takes a lot of time, and it's really a messy, messy process. And you have you have days where you're just like, I who, <laughs> who am I? Like who am I? I spent so long not connected to myself and uh, totally disassociating to survive. And so coming back into my body, coming back into my own opinions, mm. what are my opinions? I don't even know. So it's a really brilliant time of life for me right now where I get to discover who's under all that stuff from the last decade. It's a rebirth. Yeah, there's a rebirth. It's an absolute rebirth. And it's a joy. It's just mm. a joy. It's not fucking yeah. easy. But I'm, I, I wake up every day now. Now, instead of waking up in tears and wishing I were dead, now I wake up with a smile mm. on my face and gratitude on my lips mm. for freedom and... And truth. Mm. It's a totally different life. Mm. And, and that's why my heart goes out to anybody who's not that far mm. along on the path. You can get there. You can do it. Life does not end when you leave that person or that situation. Mm -hmm. Life begins. Life yeah. begins. And the only reason you're in a situation where you're willing to give your power away to somebody like that is because you are too afraid to take responsibility for your own power in your life. And when you're ready, you'll leave. The day will come. I hope for all of all everybody suffering mm. under the hands of an abuser. I hope your day comes in this lifetime because it is so fucking beautiful. Mm. And it's worth it. It's worth all the mess. Just just 
You're not alone. Mm. That's the most important thing. You are not alone. This is real. You are not crazy. Mm -hmm. Go look Mm -hmm. it up. Start to learn about this. Don't hide your head from the red Mm -hmm. flags. Don't turn away from from what's out there, from the truth of it. Mm -hmm. Look at it. Look at it. There are reasons you feel this way. There are strategies that these abusers use. They are all the same strategy. It's the same thing. It doesn't matter if it's the leader of a nation or your boyfriend. (laughs) Narcissistic abusers are a specific type of animal. And when you start to learn about it, you can start to take responsibility for where you're at. I love that. I love that that's your energy because I think... You know how I am. I like, I cannot with like victim-y stuff. I'm just like. <laughs> this is not about being a victim. I don't, I don't use, I don't use the word victim to describe this because this is not what that is. I mean, is. some people, listen, this is, some people. I know are, that. Like, I know that. Of course you know that. Some people are fucking victims. Okay. Kids, uh, the elderly, uh, uh, you know, com- physically compromised, mentally compromised people. People who are like. People are victims of of situations. You are a victim of this terrible woman. Right. I am a victim of loss. But I, as do you, don't walk around feeling like a victim, living like a victim. Right. Speaking from the perspective of a victim. And I think that for both of us, what is really, really important is responsibility and accountability and it is amazing in life what changes when you start to really take responsibility for yourself for the things you say for the choices you make for your actions and it can be it can begin in just really the tiniest ways and in the way that the abuse begins in these tiny ways that then grows and grows and ripples through your life so can the change to get you out of it and get you away from it. And I think that it's really encouraging and empowering that you use that word, those words, taking responsibility. Because you have to, because as you said, nobody's gonna walk you through it. There is no one else that can walk you through that fire, nobody. Nobody will guide you, nobody will be beside you, nobody will be behind you. But you, when you walk through it, everyone and your life and the world is waiting on the other side and that's the point that's right. and that's that's what i'm hearing from you that's it now we've been talking for a while and this conversation is i think gonna kind of spread out into like lots of different little chats probably through this season different episodes different chats yeah. and different situations that apply to like everyone who isn't in a narcissistic piece of coercive control group. i'm telling you this might be your next door neighbor it might be your boyfriend or girlfriend it might be your brother or sister it might be it a might parent be a, but it, it might be something you're reading it might be a place it's so yeah. crazy that the, the ways in which you know like my sister had to secretly turn off the news um on my mum's iPad because it was making her completely fucking like nuts. <laughs> like in I found this out in quarantine. My sister had to like break into my mum's iPad and switch off the news alerts. 
And apparently it was like wow. night and day. My mum didn't even notice that they weren't on. But because she was sitting there mm-hmm. and this information was going... Mm-hmm. She was becoming a crazy person. So it's yeah. like, it's not doesn't always have to be like this like huge, you know, thing. It's Yeah. It's right, exactly. The little ways that uh things can get the hooks in you. We are all susceptible. And that's the other thing like you were saying about the people who say, "Why didn't you leave?" They are in a form of denial um thinking that they are exempt from experiencing this but every human in their lifetime is susceptible and will go through some form of yeah whatever (laughs) Whatever we're talking about whether it's hard to kind of yeah say a word that is everything from like the tiny thing up and uh, to something that like yourself and then people who've been through even like crazier shit there's not really a word word to encompass all of it but i guess We are susceptible, which is why we have to be clear about who we are, clear about our boundaries, and careful. And responsible. Ask questions. Responsible. Take responsibility for yourself. Ask questions. And be willing to see. What is that quote? There are none so blind as those who will not see. That is very... That hurts my brain. (laughs) There is none so blind. As those who will not see. <laughs> you getting it? You put you, you putting that together? It's like touching my eyes. So I'm like, you unpacking that? Are you unpacking? I'm unpacking. That? Anyway, enough about me. What about you, <laughs> listeners? We have we're back and we've just <laughs> that's all we know. We've, we're di- We're back. We're diving right in. We're here. We're doing it. And we're here. We're not gonna. We're not gonna fluff you. Nope. We're gonna just go straight, straight in, in. There with the with the nitty gritty. So sorry if this wasn't the light breezy <laughs> welcome back that you're expecting, but the this is what we're dealing with. <laughs> this is life, guys. This is the, the this is it. This is where we're at. You know, and this is what Lucy's been dealing with for a long time, and what we've been alluding to for a while, and and unable for multiple reasons to talk about and now she is able to and willing to and strong enough and brave enough to do that and I'm really proud of you I'm really happy to sit here and listen we can talk about it as much as you want or as little as you want you know I don't want to have like a I don't want this to be like a trauma wank you know right it's (laughs) whatever your like if you want to chat about it, great. If you don't, no pressure from myself or the listeners. I'm speaking for them. Oh, I want to chat about it. I want I want to read the article, uh, which we didn't even get yes. to. I would think that the response to us talking about this will be pretty amazing because okay. I think it's just helpful stuff. You and I have always felt this way about having conversations about the way things really are. And that's all we can do for each other, right? We're in it together. And this is how we lift each other up, is mm. by mm. opening our mouths. Truth. It's At the end of the day, it all comes down to just sort of telling the truth, yeah. um, which is just like the most powerful thing, yeah. telling the truth to yourself and telling the truth to the world yes. is the most powerful thing. Your truth might not be the same as other people's, but... No, it doesn't mean that. Is, is that. No, but the point is... is that you're living with with truth and that as your intention. 
I think it will be great to go through the article next week. As you said, like a few times, it made you like you laugh a little bit when you read it now. And I have to mm-hmm. admit, I laughed when I read it the like second <laughs> and third time because obviously I know what your experience has been. So there were points in the article where I was just like, why is it being read this way? Why is it being, why is the journalist? expressing it in this way why is this what's been cherry picked from the story why has it been constructed like this i mean i'm not a journalist but i definitely had some criticisms about how that article was put together um <laughs> and and the lies that that gloria was obviously telling weren't really challenged and i think it would be nice if if we could challenge some of those it is interesting there are a lot of things that she said in the article that everyone who experienced it knows are not true and uh there's hard evidence to back it up there's nothing i love more than a bit of hard evidence we didn't do the news (laughs) okay are you ready yeah wait here we go what do we do for the news again i flocked it out nothing nothing oh it's been like 18 years since we did it last we don't do anything remember we have a big like fancy we have like a news professional thing now like okay god it was terrible when we sang that song it got more and more terrible because you gave up hope slowly (laughs) over time and you just stopped trying that was really heartbreaking to go through on my end thank god for producer so sad to be yeah thank you producer paul it's so sad to be trying still when somebody else has given up already okay bitch calm down it's just a fucking new segment on our stupid podcast shut up three two one it's not world news we don't do that anymore yes we do it's not world news it's not important wait don't we (laughs) what do we do we should have listened to an episode to see what what we do okay go just do it okay i we I thought we did. It's not world news. It's not important news. It's Lucy and Annabelle news, and it's like do 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 do, and then we say that. Or do we okay, have a that sounds good. Okay. No, I no idea. That sounds good though. Let's do that. It's not world news. It's not important news. It's, it's Lucy and Annabelle, Lucy and Annabelle news. news. Yeah, I feel like we have a recording. We'll find out. <laughs> Okay. What do you got for us, Annabelle Jones? Craig David comes out of the closet. What? As a clairvoyant. You (laughs) idiot! You (laughs) idiot! You set me up! It says, Craig David has revealed that he's a man of many talents, as he admitted to being a clairvoyant who can hear his ancestors on Tuesday. Not just on Tuesday, he said it on Tuesday. He can hear them every day of the week. Oh, he can hear them every day, got it. The singer, 41, spoke about his talents for the first time after he confessed he had been in the closet about his psychic abilities for some years. In an interview with Fern Cotton for her Happy Place podcast, Craig explained... Love Fern Cotton. Cute. I'm super... (laughs) (laughs) Craig explained, I'm super empathetic, super sensitive and super psychic, which I feel very liberated to say now. My ears ring off like crazy, and I know there's a guide or some ancestor trying to come through, and I'm tuning in. 
and the article is accompanied by him with a picture. He's standing with his outer shoes on and he's next to a big rock, which I think probably is a big rose quartz that he's had imported into his garden or something. And he's standing right. there and he's got his hand on it and I think he's channeling messages from the ancestors. So, wow. Craig David all over your boop. I'm walking away. From the troubles in my life, I'm walking away. I cannot wait. I want a Craig David album about his (laughs) spiritual path and his like clairvoyancy and like all of that. I want an appointment with Craig David to get a reading. This is my question. Is he offering readings? Is he doing this professionally? Is this a side gig for him? Where can I sign up? We'll find out more and get back to you. (laughs) Please do, because I want to get one for everyone I know for Christmas. I don't think that's going to be affordable, but okay. Oh, he does well, have a book you can buy. It's a self-help book, and it's called What's Your Vibe? I don't know if I need self-help from Craig David. I just want him to call my dead grandma. But you're fine with him to speak to dead people on yeah. your behalf? Oh, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. I just don't need him to tell me like to drink more water or some bullshit. As we all know, you only drink water if it's got lemon in it. Otherwise, it doesn't even work. I know. (laughs) This is shit water. Oh, my God. That's so terrible. What? I bet I just said that. There's plenty of people in the world that aren't fortunate enough to have water. And here we are fucking. Well, here you are with a plastic bottle. I'm trying not to judge you, but I'm feeling very judgy. You need to get yourself a hydro flask, babe. Not only do I have a plastic bottle in my hand, but this came from a 12-pack in the fridge. Lucy! Oh, my God. Anyway, my news. Are you ready for this? Yes. Okay. So, this bitch faked her kidnapping. And now she's getting 18 months in prison (laughs) for for kidnapping herself. Oh my god, that's so dumb. Who? <laughs> Only in California did this happen. Um, she's a mother of two. She was sentenced to 18 months in prison for faking her own kidnapping so she could go back to a, a former boyfriend, which led to a three-week multi-state search before she resurfaced. What are the, what are the, char- what are the charges? Why, how can you send someone to prison for faking your own kidnapping? She f- she pled guilty to staging her abduction and lying to the FBI about it. Oh, she's okay, required that's to pay more. Th- yeah, she's been. She came up with a whole story of who abducted her and all. I this thought shit. she just disappeared, she- and everyone's like, "Okay, now you have to go to jail about it." No, it was a whole thing. She has to pay more than three hundred thousand dollars. What's wrong with this boyfriend that she had to fake? A kidnapping in order to go back to <laughs> I, him. I I don't understand that part of it. That that part doesn't track for this me. This feels incomplete. I can't wait to watch the Netflix documentary that they're I know. Please bring a Netflix. Yeah, please bring it out so we can have answers because they they say um, the judge says that she did not consider consider the seriousness of the sheer number of people who were impacted by this. That included law enforcement who searched for her, the community that believed her. For four years, she told this lie for four years. What? And those who lived in fear because of her fake story about being abducted by two Hispanic women 
and the Latino community that was falsely viewed with suspicion. Mm. This white woman accusing <sighs> accusing other women of uh, abducting things her. they did not do. Yeah. Not sure. So. I feel not sure that I feel that I'm comfortable with her going to prison about it. I think that a fine and maybe some therapy and like a class teaching her about like how to be a, a citizen makes more sense than putting her in jail. But I guess it's America and America loves to put people in jail. So yeah, they really do. They really do. I, it's unclear whether she went to jail or not. Um, but She'll probably just get one of those, like, foot bracelet things that Lindsay Lohan had. Man, lying never pays, guys. Lying never pays. And that's the tea. (laughs) Anyway. All right. Wow. I feel like Craig David would have known that already. He would have known. (laughs) It's weird that the ancestors (laughs) didn't tell him about that, but... I know. Come on, Craig. Way to help the cops. Anyway... (laughs) all right so anyway back to the end of the episode how the fuck do we sign off after this shenanigan i think we just go with it let's not try and rearrange it the news is might just might be at the end this week we'll try and be okay we'll try and be normal ish for whatever our version of normal is moving forward well thank you for sharing and anytime anytime i know it's a lot I know you keep saying it to everyone else, but I'm going to say it to you. You're not crazy. You're not imagining things. You haven't done anything wrong. And Gloria cannot fucking touch you. Thank you. Okay. Enjoy your bean patch in the backyard. (laughs) (laughs) I always enjoy my bean patch, darling. (laughs) You said you're going to be growing food. What are you going to plant first? Well, and we didn't even get to the bit about your garden and the weeds and that. Do you want to go into it? No, I don't. We can save that for <laughs> Okay, we'll save that for next time. That'll be a strong opener. <laughs> you can get a word in edgewise before we go full tilt into the article again next week. No, 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 no. The weeds aren't going anywhere, so don't worry. We've got plenty of time <laughs> to talk about it. Not the season for growing food right now. I am going to Mm. try to defy the odds. I've bought a tiny little greenhouse cupboard and I am going to try and grow spinach and lettuce in the winter. My mum says that can't be done. I think she's wrong. I've watched videos on YouTube. Why go to the shops and buy it when I can just have a cupboard in my garden where it grows and just go to the garden and eat it from the garden? Love it. I love it. We'll see if it works. It might not work. Please, please keep us posted with the riveting updates. (laughs) I will. They're going to be really interesting. I believe in you. You're going to do this. I believe in you too. All right, babe. Love you. Love you lots. Bye. I'm walking away from the troubles in my life. I'm walking away. I'm walking away from the troubles in my life.